Part three, chapter two of a vital question or what is to be done by Nikolai Chernyshevsky, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole, eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five, and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part three, marriage and second love, chapter two. The affairs of the Lopukovs prospered. Vera Pavlovna was always happy, but one time, this was some five months after the wedding, Dmitri Sergeyevich, returning from one of his lessons, found his wife in a peculiar state of mind. Her eyes were shining with pride and happiness. This caused Dmitri Sergeyevich to remember that for several days past he had seen her in some signs of mental exaltation, joyful thoughts, and tender pride. My dear, you seem to be so happy. Why don't you give us the benefit of it? i think i am my dear but you just wait a little while i will tell you when i am sure that i am right you must wait for several days and it is going to be a great joy to me and you too will be glad i am sure and kirsdnof and mertsalov will be pleased with it but what in the world is it ah you have forgotten our agreement haven't you not to ask questions i will tell you when i am sure of it another week passed by my milenki i am going to tell you my joy only you must give me your advice because you know all about it you know that i have been wanting for a long long time to do something great and i have made up my mind that we must start a sewing union isn't that a good idea now my dear we made an agreement that i should not kiss your hand but that was a general rule it did not include such an occasion as this give me your hand vera pavlovna by and by my milenki when i have succeeded in doing it when you have succeeded then i shall not be the only one to kiss it kirsdnof and alexey petrovitch all will want to kiss it but now i am alone and the intention is worthy of it violence i shall scream scream then milenki i shall be ashamed and tell you nothing as though it were anything of such great importance here is where its importance lies we all make plans but we don't accomplish anything but you began to think long after the rest of us and sooner than all of us have resolved to put your ideas to the test yerotchka bent her head on her husband's breast and hid her face my dear you have praised me to death her husband kissed her head what a clever little head my milenki stop it is impossible to tell you anything do you know what kind of a man you are i will stop tell me my tender-hearted girl don't you dare to address me so well you hard-hearted one ach what kind of a man are you all the time interrupting me just listen sit down quietly here it seems to me is the main thing that at the very beginning when you select a few to make the selection very carefully you must have really honourable good people not narrow-minded not fickle but steady and at the same time gentle so that there should not be any idle quarrels among them and that they should be able to select others of the same kind isn't that so yes dear now i have three such girls ah how long i had to hunt now here my dearest for the last three months i have been going round among the shops trying to make acquaintances and i have succeeded such nice girls i have got thoroughly acquainted with them and then moreover they must be thoroughly up in their art the business must stand on its own merits everything must have a solid foundation of mercantile calculations ah of course it must what more is left why do you need my advice then in regard to the details my milenki tell me the details of course you must have thought yourself about everything 
and you will be able to accommodate yourself to circumstances. You know that the most important thing here is principle, character, and knowledge. Details come of themselves from the conditions peculiar to every circumstance. I know, but after all, when you give your approval, I shall be more assured. They talked for a long time. Lopukhov found nothing to correct in his wife's plan, but as far as she was concerned, the plan developed and became more and more clear as she talked it over with him. On the next day, Lopukhov took to the office of the police news an advertisement. Vera Pavlovna Lopukova would take orders for sewing ladies' garments, linens, etc., at moderate prices, etc. On that very morning, Vera Pavlovna went to see Julie. She does not know my married name. Tell her Mademoiselle Rosalskaya. My child, you are without a veil. You come to me openly and tell your name to the servant. Now this is sheer folly. You are ruining yourself, my child. Yes, but I am married now, and I can go wherever I please and do what I want to. But your husband, he may find it out. He will be here in an hour. Then the questions began as to how she got married. Julie was delighted. She hugged her, she kissed her, she wept. When she became calmer, Vera Pavlovna told her the purpose of her visit. You know that old friends are not thought of except when their help is needed. I have a great favor to ask of you. I am going to establish a sewing shop. Give me your orders and recommend me to your acquaintances. I myself sew nicely, and I have good apprentices. You know one of them. And, in fact, Julie knew one of them to be a good seamstress. Here are specimens of my work. This garment I made myself. You see how nicely it fits. Julie examined very carefully the fit of the garment. She looked at the embroidery of the shawl, at the little cuffs, and she was satisfied. My child, you might be very successful. You have both skill and taste. But to succeed, you must have a great shop on the Nevsky. Yes, I shall establish one there in good time. Now I take orders at home. Having finished talking about business, they began to talk again about Vierotchka's marriage. And that Storeshnik drank terribly for a couple of weeks, and then he made up with Adele. And I am very glad for Adele's sake. He is a kind fellow. I am only sorry that Adele has not a better reputation. As it came up naturally, Julie began to talk about the adventures of Adele and others. Now Mademoiselle Rosalskaya is a married lady, and Julie does not think it necessary to hold her tongue. At first she spoke reasonably, then she was drawn away, drawn away, and began with delight to depict their dissipated existence, and she went on and on. Vera Pavlovna was embarrassed, but Julie did not heed it. Vera Pavlovna recovered her self-possession and listened with that cruel interest with which you examine the features of a lovely face disfigured by disease. But Lopukhov came in. Julie in an instant was changed into a stately woman of the world, full of the sternest dignity. However, she did not keep up that role very long. After she had congratulated Lopukhov on his wife, such a beauty, she again got excited, now we must celebrate your wedding. She ordered a breakfast offhand, she offered champagne. Vieroshka had to drink half a glass in honor of her wedding, half a glass in honor of her union, and half a glass in honor of Julie herself. Her head began to turn. She and Julie shout, laugh, and get excited. Julie pinches Vieroshka. She jumps, she runs away, Vieroshka after her. They run all over the apartment, jumping over the chairs. Lopukhov sits and laughs. It ended with Julie making up her mind to exhibit her strength. I am going to lift you up with one hand. You can't do it. They began to wrestle. 
they both fell on the sofa and neither felt like getting up and so they lay there laughing until they fell asleep for the first time in many years lopukhov did not know what to do should he waken them it is a pity he may spoil a pleasant meeting by making a bad ending he carefully got up went across the room to see if he could find a book he found a book chronique d'oeil de boeuf in comparison with which is virtue itself he sat down on a sofa at the other end of the room began to read and in a quarter of an hour he himself fell asleep through tediousness in two hours pauline wakened julie it was dinner-time they sat down alone without serge who had gone to some great dinner julie and vierotchka again got hilarious and then again they grew serious when they bade each other farewell they became entirely serious and julie thought of asking she had never had a chance to do so before why vierotchka meant to establish a sewing-shop if she wanted to make money then it would be much easier if she would become an actress or a singer she has such a strong voice this matter caused them to sit down again vierotchka began to describe her plan and julie again became enthusiastic and she poured out blessings and among other things she declared that she julie letellier was an abandoned woman and she wept but she knew what virtue was and again she wept and again she kissed her and again she broke out into blessings four days later julie came to vira pavlovna and gave her a good many orders for herself she gave her the addresses of a number of her friends from whom she might also receive orders she brought serge along with her telling him that it could not be avoided lopukhov called on me and now you must return it julie behaved with exemplary seriousness and kept it up without the least failure although she stayed at the lopukhovs a long time she saw that there were no thick walls but thin partitions and that her remarks might be overheard she did not get excited but she fell rather into a bucolic frame of mind looking with delight at all the particulars of the poor estate of the lopukhovs and finding that that was the way to live that men ought not to live otherwise that only in moderate circumstances is true happiness possible and she even announced to serge that she would go with him to live in switzerland where they would have a little house amid the fields and mountains on the shore of a lake loving each other fishing taking care of their garden serge declared that he was perfectly ready but he wanted to wait and see what she would say at the end of three or four hours the thunder of the elegant carriage and the prancing of julie's wonderful horses made a startling impression on the inhabitants of the fifth block between the middle and the little prospects where nothing of the sort had been seen at least since the time of peter the great if not longer many eyes were looking as the wonderful phenomenon stopped at the locked gates of a one-storied frame building with its seven windows and when from the wonderful carriage stepped a still more wonderful phenomenon of an elegant lady with a brilliant officer whose important position could not be doubted the grief was general when in a moment the gates were opened and the carriage rolled into the dvor curiosity was deprived of the hope of seeing the graceful officer and still more graceful lady a second time when they took their departure when danilovitch returned home from his peddling petrovna had a talk with him danilovitch well our tenants must be from among some very important folks a general and a generalisha came to see them the generalsha was dressed so elegant that i can't begin to tell you and the general had two stars how petrovna came to see the stars on serge who had never had any decorations and would not have worn them if he had had them while out on service with julie is a wonderful circumstance 
but that she actually saw them, that she was not mistaken and did not exaggerate, for this I will not take her word, but I will myself be responsible for her. She did actually see them. It is we who know that he did not have them, but he had such an appearance that from Petrovna's standpoint it was impossible not to see two stars on him, and so she saw them. I am not joking when I tell you that she really saw them. In what livery the lackey wore Danilovitch? real english stuff five roubles and arshin such a solemn man he was and so important but just as perlite as could be he gave me a civil answer he allowed me to feel of his sleeve elegant cloth they seemed to have so much money that they feed it out to their chickens and they sat in their tenants rooms danilovitch and talked with them cosily for more than two hours just as i talk with you and them tenants did not even bow to them and they were joking with them and the tenant was sitting with the general both of them sitting comfortably on the chair and they were smoking and our tenant smoked right in the general's face and he sat comfortably before him what else his cigarette went out and then he lighted it at the general's and with what grace the general kissed our lady's little hand why i can't begin to tell you what can we make out of this danilovitch everything is from god is the way i reason it i reckon that whether it's acquaintance or relation it's all from god so it is danilovitch there's no doubt about it but this is what i think that either our tenant or his wife are either a brother or sister of either the general or the generalsha and to tell you the truth i think that she must be the general's sister what makes you think so petrovna it don't seem natural if it was so then they'd have money that's a fact danilovitch it must be this way either the mother or the father had a natural child because they don't favour each other really there ain't no resemblance tall that may be petrovna perhaps there was a natural child such things do happen petrovna for four whole days enjoyed great importance in her little store this little store for three whole days drew a part of the public from the store on the other side of the street petrovna for the sake of enlightening the public during those days even neglected her work to a certain extent and slaked the thirst of those who were thirsting for knowledge the result of all this was that within a week pavel konstantinovitch came to see his daughter and son-in-law marya alexievna had been anxious to gather some information about the lives led by her daughter and the villain it was not done systematically or constantly and for the most part it arose from a scientific instinct of curiosity one of her little gossiping acquaintances who lived on the vasilyevsky island was entrusted with the task of finding out about vera pavlovna whenever she happened to pass by where she lived and the gossip brought her reports as often as once a month or even oftener according to circumstances the lopukovs live in harmony they have no quarrels there's only one thing there are a good many young folks call on them and all the young men are good friends and modest they do not live luxuriously but apparently they have money they not only do not sell but they buy she has made herself two silk dresses they have bought two sofas an oblong table a half dozen chairs they got them at a bargain for forty roubles but the furniture is good and it would ordinarily cost a hundred roubles they have notified the landlord to look for new tenants we are going to leave in about a month for our new quarters and to you that is the landlord we are very grateful for your kindness to us new say the landlord of course says he and we for yours marya alexievna was consoled by these reports though she was a very rough and a very wicked woman though she had tormented her daughter and was ready to kill her to ruin her for her own interests, 
and though she cursed her because through her she had failed in her plan of getting rich all this is true but does it follow from this that she felt no love for her daughter it does not follow at all when the matter was ended when her daughter tore herself away from her power forever what could she do whatever falls from the wagon is lost for all that she is her daughter and now when there was no chance whatsoever for vira pavlovna to serve marya alexyevna's interests the mother sincerely wished her daughter good and then again it does not follow that she would wish things to be god knows how that it made no difference with her she certainly had not subjected her to any system of espionage the steps taken for watching her daughter were only adopted because she you must confess was morally obliged to watch her well and in exactly the same way as regards the wishes for her good she had to do it because she was her daughter why shouldn't she be reconciled all the more when the villainous son-in-law is according to all appearances a man of solid character maybe he will be of service in time thus marya alexyevna little by little approached the thought of renewing her relations with her daughter it might have to wait half a year or even a year to accomplish it but there was no need of being in a hurry time is patient but the news about the general and the generalsha at once pushed the story forward fully all the remainder of the last half way the villain has really proved to be a rogue an ex-student without rank with only a few roubles he has made friends with a young and therefore a very important and rich general and the two wives have become acquainted such a man will get ahead or even maybe viera made friends with a generalsha and introduced her husband to the general it is all the same at all events viera will get on and so soon after getting the news of the famous visit the father was sent to announce to the daughter that her mother had forgiven her and would be glad to see her vira pavlovna went with pavel konstantinovitch and her husband and they spent the early part of the evening there the meeting was cold and constrained they spoke much about fyodor because it was not a dangerous subject he had gone to the gymnasium they persuaded marya alexyevna to put him into the gymnasium boarding-school dmitri sergeitch would visit him there and during his holidays vira pavlovna would take him home with her somehow or other they managed to spend the time until tea was ready and then they made haste to leave the lopukhovs said that they expected callers for half a year vira pavlovna had breathed pure air her lungs had entirely forgotten the bad atmosphere of wily words vile thoughts low schemes all for the sake of lucre and her cellar made a horrible impression upon her filth misery vulgarity of every sort everything came up before her eyes with the keenness of a novelty how did i ever have the strength to live in such miserable bonds how could i ever breathe in that cellar and i not only lived and breathed there but even grew strong and well it is wonderful it is incomprehensible how could i grow up there into a love for goodness it is incomprehensible it is beyond belief thought vira pavlovna as she returned home and she felt herself rescued from suffocation in a little while after they got home the guests whom they expected came their regular cronies alexey petrovitch and natalia andreyevna and kirsanov and the evening passed as it usually did how doubly happy seemed her new life to vira pavlovna with its pure thoughts in the society of wholesome people as was customary they had a jolly conversation with many anecdotes and at the same time they talked seriously about everything in the world on the historical events of the time the civil war in kansas the forerunner of the great war between the north and the south 
which is now going on, the forerunner of still greater events, not in America alone, occupied the minds of this circle. Now everybody talks about politics, but then only a few felt any interest in this subject, and in this small number were Lopukhov, Kirsdnof, and their friends. And they talked about the arguments of that day as to the chemical foundations of agriculture according to the theory of Liebig, and about the laws of historical progress, without which never a conversation in society like this could go on, and about the great importance of distinguishing between real desires, which search and seek and find satisfaction for themselves, and fantastic wishes, which cannot be realized and which cannot find any satisfaction, like the fantastic thirst in time of fever, for which for the one as well as for the other there is one satisfaction, to cure the organism by whose diseased state they are engendered through the disfiguring of actual wishes and finally about the importance of this radical differentiation which was brought out at that time by the anthropological philosophy and about everything of this sort and not of this sort but allied the ladies at time listened to these scientific discussions which were spoken as though there were no scientific terms and took a share asking questions sometimes but more often not waiting for the answers and they have even thrown cold water on lopukhov and alexey petrovitch when they get too much interested in the great importance of recent mineral improvements but alexey petrovitch and lopukhov discussed their scientific questions and were not disturbed kirsdnof was a bad helpmeet he was more even entirely on the side of the ladies and they all three played sang laughed till late into the night and then becoming tired they finally separated even the immovable enthusiasts for serious conversation end of part three chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine